we're so happy to have some special guests with us here today. Uh, Pastors Frank and Lisa Potter are with us. And uh, I know many of you know them. Many of you have yet to meet them because every time they come, there's some more new people here. And uh, now often he's coming into some situations in churches that are, that are broken and fractured and hurting. I'm so thankful that he's coming today to a, a wonderful church that's in a healthy position. To God be the glory for that. But if you are new here and you didn't realize, we are part of a network of churches, over 350 churches. They might tell you a little bit about that later, called the Potomac Ministry Network. Uh, We are in that network, all of Maryland, lots of Virginia, D.C., uh, half of West Virginia are in the Potomac Ministry Network. And pastors Frank and Lisa get to lead that network of churches. And we're so glad that they're with us here today. And now listen, they're here with us no less than one time per year. Sometimes we have them up here twice if someone gets COVID or something. They they step right in. But yeah, you always need somebody that you can call in times of crisis. And so as pastors, uh, we need some pastors that we can call. And uh, when we need them the most, they are available. And we are so thankful for that. And they also celebrate with us too. They're not just there in the hard times, they're there in the good times as well. But I know many of you love them. If you don't know them, you're going to love them. This is their family. So uh, we welcome them back to the Calvary family. And would you welcome to the stage, Pastors Frank and Lisa Potter. Come on, you can do better than that. coming back here yeah how many of you this is the first time you've ever heard about us your newcomers here wow yay high five all right I love the way this church is growing into a healthy family of God and he's bringing in all of you and so where did my husband go like what is he doing okay I don't trust him when he's behind me I'm just saying I'm like he could be like making faces, whatever he does, but oh, I couldn't see you. Okay. <laughs> I love the family of God. I, I love what God does in a family that we can be brothers and sisters. Pastor Kelly and Pastor Benny was saying that um, we are their pastors and like they shepherd you and your heart toward the things of God. We get the honor to shepherd them and the other pastors on this amazing team that they have. Four years ago, like this weekend, I think, we came up here to actually install Pastors Benny and Kelly as the pastors of Calvary in Frederick, Maryland. So, hey, can we give it up for them? Four years. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I did not meet Pastors Benny and Kelly until that day Frank had met with the board and met them. And he came home from one of those meetings and he said, you're going to love this couple. And I fell in love immediately with both of them. My heart just connected with them. And um, love, love, love what they do, what they're doing. Can I ask you to honor them, honor their children? Um, It's not easy doing what they do. But the rewards are great. It really is. When we left our church of 20 years to move to the network office, I cried like a baby 
for years. Seriously, I cried. I still go back and call it the home of my heart because I planted my life into the hearts of those people. And though we weren't blood relatives, we are spiritually bound together. And as pastors of the house, we walked with them through, through burials and weddings and births of children and uh, hard times, good times. We cried, we celebrated, and our hearts were connected. I believe that this will be a home of the heart for pastors Benny and Kelly. I believe this will be a home of their heart, that they may be transplanted here by the call of God on their lives, but they are here and their hearts are here. I'm going to leave you with this scripture before my favorite preacher comes to preach. But it says in Romans chapter 12, I'm not laughing. They laughed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Romans 12 chapter um, verse 10 says, be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor to one another. One of the Greek words in that scripture literally means to hilariously do it. Like to do it so well that you love and honor your family of God that is here sitting next with you. They're not your blood relatives, but we're tied together because we're sons and daughters of the King of Kings, right? And we should hilariously love. It should be so that the world looks at what is happening here in our relationships and they covet it, they want it, they desire it because we do it so well. So look at your neighbor, say, you look good today. You're going to hear a great message from one of the great preachers ever. All right? Say it. I... <laughs> Here's my husband, Frank. Love him to death. 37 years. 37 years. She's the best. She has put up with so much stuff. <laughs> I forget things, and I forget things, and I forget things, and um, it's just the way it is. But anyway, God is so faithful, and we just came from our minister's retreat this, this past week, and um, God just did some wonderful things, and I shared a message on Wednesday to our network of, of pastors and leaders, and I can't tell you the number of uh, messages, text messages, and someone even stopped by the office on Friday and said, what you shared has to be shared in every church across our fellowship. People need to hear this, what you just shared. And um, so this is the first church that after the retreat, and so I'm ex I'm, this is going to be the Petri dish right here. I'm just sharing it and see what comes from it. But I do believe God put something on my heart that's... Uh, that is, is speaking to people, and, and um, I believe the same thing will happen this morning. You're going, to, you're going to hear something from the Lord that will, you've probably heard this many times before, but I really believe it this time, <laughs> that you're going to leave a little different if you hear this. If you'll, give a, if you'll give a heart. Love your pastors. Lisa said it. I can't say it enough. Uh, we pastored and, and loved it and, and certainly loved the season of our life right now. And, but there's a few places. There's roughly 370 churches in our network. And um, there's, a, there's a few places, I, I probably can count them on one hand, that you walk into and it feels like home. 
I said this four years ago. This place just felt like home. There's something about the presence in this, in this building when you all come together and you just, if you don't, if you don't love one another, you guys are great actors. <laughs> you just feel it. You just feel such a, uh, such an incredible presence and cherish that, hold on to that and absolutely forbid anything from trying to rob you from that. Um, do everything within your power to live at peace with all men and, and see what God does. I, I want to share with you from one verse of Scripture, and a verse of Scripture is probably familiar to most of you. Um, that, it's in Ephesians. When it comes up, it says, Now to him, and the him is who we just sang about. Okay. We were singing some wonderful songs, and, and it's one thing to get wrapped up in, in the music and in the worship time together and so forth. It's another thing to look at the, the lyrics of the song and look at scripture and realize, wait a minute, there's the, it's, this is bigger than a song. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all, than more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Notice the, the words that are highlighted there. More than according to. More than is on God's side of things. According to is on our side of things. More than is what God is able to do. According to is what we would allow him to do. With that, turn to your neighbor, if you would, and just say more than according to. More than according to. Do it one more time. you got a neighbor perhaps on the other side. Do it. Turn around the other way. More than according to. More than according to. More than according to. More than according to. And, and I, I mean, pastor shared a verse earlier, um, and it had an according to in that verse of Scripture. Oftentimes, God has promises and, and God desires to do things, but the according to isn't working so well. It's not up to God's ability. It's up to our according to. So I want to talk to you about according to. Pastoring for the years that we pastored, um, I always felt like within me there was always a, a spirit of revival. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, Pastor Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. I always felt like there was, there was something in me that was a little more than, than, than the shepherding and the pastoring, but there was a, a stirring that just resided in me. And, and I'm, I'm such an altar boy. I, I just have always felt like the Holy Spirit can do more in five minutes at the altar than any, than any preacher can do in a lifetime. So I always welcome the Holy Spirit. After all, it is his meeting. If, if your steps have been ordered of the Lord, then you just didn't get up this morning and happen to come to church. You were ordered here. It was God's, it was the divine steps of the Holy Spirit that was guiding you and brought you together. So if the Holy Spirit has orchestrated this meeting, then certainly he desires to say something. And several times in scripture says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. So this is the, a meeting that's been called in order by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can just do more in just a moment than any of us could share in a lifetime if we have an ear to hear what the spirit might be speaking to us. But I've been, I, I, as much as I love revival and I, and I love that, uh, that feeling of, of renewal and, and so forth, I, the, over the past year, especially last six months, 
I have really felt something a whole lot deeper than revival. It's, it's hard to explain, but perhaps it's because there's so, much, there's so much negative coming out all the time. It is relentless. We are, we are divided on about everything that you can possibly think of. We are divided on. It is a, it's such a time of discouragement and depression and, and so forth. And speaking of, um, I was going to mention it earlier, and I, and I just slipped my mind. Um, in Florida, I have two older sisters. Uh, they're, they're quite a bit older than I am. They're, they were from my mom's first litter long story. Not for today. All right. Um, but they both uh, live in um, Fort Myers. And my oldest sister a couple of weeks ago had a stroke and in the hospital most likely is not going to recover from this. And um, both of their homes were completely destroyed. There isn't there is nothing left. And um, so I'm trying to navigate how I can possibly help them right now during this incredible moment. But we all, so, so issues and trouble exempts no one. We all go through, through things. Matter of fact, our adversary, when we're down, will never look at us and say, ah, they've been going through enough. I think I'll leave them alone. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way when he's out to rob, kill, and destroy. It's, it's, you know, so that's, but, but I feel like something deeper has to happen for the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Pastor Benny said it, that we're, I just feel like we're being set up for something that God is going to do on a larger scale. And the only word in our vocabulary that, that really could perhaps explain it, the depth of what I believe God's going to come and do, is this word awakening. And when you study awakenings, awakenings, the first and second great awakening that happened in this country came during times of calamity and times of war when, uh, when the original colonies were starting to be set up in the confrontation with England and all this stuff was going on. The first great awakening was happening during that period of time. And it was happening amongst the elite, those that were, those that were educated or, or at least striving for education. And, and some incredible people came on the scene like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield and, and others. And, and there were so many in, in the original colonies that were established in America, there was over 350 churches that were planted. 50,000 people were converted and came to Christ during those, during those early years. And, and yes, there were a whole lot of issues going on. And these are the things that you don't hear about unless you go into a deeper study specifically on awakening. And I've got pages of things that are just so intriguing to read and, and, and to see where the similarities to where they were then and where we are now is, is amazing. And, but but because it was happening with those that were really desiring to learn, schools like Dartmouth and Brown and Rutgers and Princeton were established during that first Great Awakening. And even today, now today when you walk on those campuses, they're, they're the most liberal schools that you'll ever be on. But, but if you walk through the campus of Princeton University right now, you're going to come across some of the old original buildings of that campus. And in the cornerstone, in the stones, there are verses of scripture where that campus was dedicated to the ministry and dedicated to ministry students. That's how those schools were founded. 
And the, even though that, that great awakening only lasted for about 10 years, then there was a, a few years where things were developing more and there's a war on the horizon and, and all of the, the civil structures that were happening as, as people then were moving west and two-thirds of what we now know as America were, was being occupied and, and so forth. But it was the, the Spirit of God started moving again in the second great awakening, but this time it was with people that, that were not exposed to theology, exposed to education, and even though thousands of people were getting saved, there, there was, they were seeking understanding and there, and there wasn't much that was happening. There were revival meetings that were breaking out and tents were being set up all over the place for tent revivals. Again, you don't, you don't really read about that in the history books, but as you study, you see that the, the spirit of the Lord was really at work in moments where there was, where there was times of calamity, times that there was diseases and so forth at the same time. But here's the second great awakening and, and, it was, and, and God's spirit was, was coming and, and redeeming people and because they had nowhere to go, there were certain individuals that came along and said that God told them this and God told them that. And it was during those times, the 1830s, that the Mormons started. Seventh-day Adventists started in 1863. In 1870, the Jehovah Witnesses started That because the Spirit of God was moving, but there wasn't a real theological underpinning like there was in the First Great Awakening. So the Second Great Awakening, but in the late 1800s is where the prayer meeting in, in Texas was happening, and there was a prayer meeting in California outside of Los Angeles was happening, and, and uh, Charles Parham and, and others went to the, to the prayer meeting in Los Angeles because there were so many th- signs and wonders that were happening, and, and the prayer meeting started growing, and they needed another place to go, and they purchased a mission um, on Azusa Street, and it was known, became known as the Azusa Street Revival, and where... The This assembly of God fellowship that you and I know came from the Azusa Street Revival. There was a second great awakening that really shaped a nation. And many believe that awakening lasted for 70, 80 years. So it's much deeper than revival. Revival is moments. Revival is is pockets of, of God's favor. Revival is a stirring. But awakening can shape a nation. And I believe God is setting us up for, for something that, that not only could stir a community, change a community, but could shake a nation again. Um, and and someone, someone said, but there's such a great falling away happening right now. And um, yeah, there is. And, and, and you know what? That is biblical. Um, but, but the falling away that, that we're seeing, and, and I said to, to pastors earlier that this church has really come back together well, but there are a lot of our churches, uh, as you travel around the network, that are not back from where they were pre-pandemic. And, and people aren't coming back. And the wonderful Jesus-loving people, that, but they're just not coming back. So I don't know what God is doing over here, but there seems to be a decline that has happened at the same time. On this side, there seems to be an in-gathering. Where there are new faces, new families, new people are coming in. So I don't know uh, uh, how that, that, that messes with your, your uh, eschatology, your theology of end times. But there seems to be a decline and yet a harvest at the same time. Now the Bible does speak about in that last day there will be a decline for the church. But he's coming back for a church that's without spot nor wrinkle. So even though there seems to be a decline for one reason or another, there's also an ingathering 
because, listen, he's coming back not for a church that's in decay, not for a church that is failing, but for a victorious church that's without spot nor wrinkle. So, so both of these things happening simultaneously is the Bible is happening right in front of us. So what are we, what are we preparing for? I believe there's going to be an awakening. And um, our fellowship, the Assemblies of God, there, there are other wonderful fellowships, but, but our statistics pre-COVID on any given week in our fellowship, the number of churches that we have, the ministries that were going on, roughly 125,000 people were attending churches. Just in the Assemblies of God in our network, 125,000 people. What would happen if an awakening came to 100,000 people in this area? What would happen if, if people came to a revelation of who they really are in Christ? Not just attend church, not just to come and feel good and shake one another's hands, sing some wonderful songs, but a real awakening to where, where the Spirit of God was breaking out all week long and people were testifying and seeing miracles happening because their, their, their eyes are wide open to what the Spirit of God has called them to do. What happens? And, and that's why I love this verse of Scripture. He is able to do. He is able. He is more than. He is able. He is able to do more than. We can even ask or possibly imagine according to. The spirit that works, the power that works within us. So according to, according to what? More than according to what? I, I believe that God is able to do more than, but what is it going to require? What is the answer to the according to? Revelation, God is more than able. He is more than able, but it will require revelation. It'll require, look at the verse of scripture. God is, that's the first thing God is. We have to know that God is. Come on, somebody. You have to know that God is. With prayer earlier, God is bigger than cancer. He's bigger than sickness. He's bigger than disease. We have to know that God is. God is bigger than the news. He's bigger than the negative. He's, he's bigger than a pandemic. He is bigger than a storm. You have to know that God is. You have to have revelation of who God is. We, we sang about the power that's in the name of Jesus. Again, it is wonderful to sing about it. And the new song, that was a timely new song, by the way, from the worship team. And, and then... There's one thing to sing about the name of Jesus, but do you realize that when you mention the name of Jesus, when you speak the name of Jesus, every demon in hell stands to attention. Every demon troubles when you speak the name of Jesus. Do you realize the authority that you have in the name of Jesus? Holy Spirit, would you bring that to reveal that to us right now in this room? That there is that that demons shake and tremble when you speak the name of Jesus. That that the authority that is in the name of Jesus is more than a song. He's more than a swear word. There is authority in the name of Jesus. Every chain is broken. Every stronghold has to come down. There there's authority in the mighty name of Jesus, and he has given you his name. He has given you his name. The revelation that you have to have. If you have revelation, God is up to the more than. Have revelation. What is, God, what is the spirit of God revealing to you? The power that is in the blood of Jesus in Hebrews 9 says the power of the blood of Jesus cleansed heaven. 
Sometimes we wonder, wow, that sin is too great. That person could never possibly be saved. Wait a minute. If the blood of Jesus can purify heaven, there is no sin that the power of the blood of Jesus can't forgive. How, does the, how did the, this, the blood of Jesus cleanse heaven? Well, hear me when I tell you that, that Jesus didn't have his blood taken. Word of God says he shed it. He gave it. He had the authority to call 10,000 angels to destroy the world and to set him free. But he chose to give his life. The blood of Jesus, according to scripture, was then carried. It, it didn't dissolve into the ground. The blood of Jesus was carried into the heavens. And as the blood of Jesus is passing through the heavenlies, it is cleansing heaven. The Old Testament gives us a picture of the prophet that had a prayer and the prayer was two or three weeks coming and there was a the spiritual battle that was going on. Then the answer finally came. The prophet said, how come it took so long? And the angel that brought the answer said it was because there was such a fierce battle. The answer was given the moment you prayed, but there was a battle in the heavenlies to get that answer to you. Now you jump after the crucifixion and you hear passages of scripture that says, whatever you ask in my name, it shall be done. So when you speak the name of Jesus, when you pray in the name of Jesus, there is no power in the heavenlies that can hinder that prayer any longer because the blood of Jesus defeated the enemy and took back what he already owned. Bring revelation. Bring revelation. I, I need that revelation. And, and, and what revelation does? Revelation will help you live in the overflow. Revelation helps you live in the overflow. What do, I mean, what do I mean by overflow? Well, Jesus obviously was full of God. We, we follow Jesus. He came to be baptized, and John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy. And, and, and we read the dove that came when, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit took on the form of a dove and lit on him, and the Father spoke from heaven, this is my beloved Son. And, and Jesus, full of the Spirit, the first thing that he was led to do after he came out of the waters of baptism, he went into the wilderness where he was for 40 days and the devil tempted him in there. And, and you read about those stories in scripture. And it's, it's interesting to note that the first thing Jesus did when he came out of the wilderness, the scripture says he entered the synagogue of which he frequented. Okay, it wasn't his first time there. He frequented it. Only this time, the demon-possessed man said, Jesus, did you come to torment me before my time? What, what happened this time was Jesus was full of the Spirit. Before, when he would go into the temple, he wasn't full of the Spirit, and the demons weren't afraid of him. This time, he's full of the Spirit, and when he entered the synagogue of which he frequented, the demons were so afraid of him, they spoke up and said, wait a minute, is it really our time? It is an interest, it's just an interesting passage of scripture. I'm not, I'm not saying, don't, don't run from here and saying there was a time in Jesus' life where the devil wasn't afraid of him. I don't think the devil knew what was happening. It just, but, but this time the Holy Spirit upon Jesus. And, and then Jesus comes along and he says, the, the Father has given unto me all the authority in heaven and on earth. Now I send you, so send I you. There is an authority that we have in our life that, that when the Spirit of God, when we are living in the overflow, something happens in, in, in the enemy's recognition when you and I enter the room. 
Something happens in the, in, in, in the spirit. Jesus was living in such overflow of what God was doing that even when the multitudes was pressing into him, he felt virtue leave his body when this, when this woman with the issue of blood somehow, someway made it through to somehow, someway by faith touch the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus felt virtue leave his body because someone touched him in faith. But he was living in it. He lived in such an overflow that he felt it. And, and that is the way that you and I live. We should be living in overflow, not in empty flow. We should be living in overflow. In the 23rd Psalm, in the middle of the Psalm, it says, Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou has anointed my head with oil. My cup. Come on, you know it. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. That's the way we, Holy Spirit, bring revelation right now into our hearts. We're not living an empty life. We're not living in brokenness. We refuse to live half dry and half making it. We are going to live in the overflow because the blessing that happens around us to the people that are around us, they are blessed in our overflow, not in our emptiness. Revelation, according to the revelation that's been given to us. Can I give you another one? God's more than requires anticipation. We have to anticipate more than we can ask or even think. More than we can ask or think. So there has to be some, to, according to, there has to be some type of anticipation. Now, I, if Lisa and I were leaving this afternoon and coming to your house for dinner, if you were, if you were like my wife, you wouldn't be here. You'd be home. The house would be cleaned. The, the best meal possible would be on the table. Um, the, kid, the kids would be dressed and cleaned up and hair combed and the dog would be brushed. If you were expecting that. But if, if you're not expecting anything when you leave this room, you're going to go home. You might make your bed. You, you, you probably grab something to eat, perhaps on the way home, but probably will sit back, relax, and turn on a ball game. There's a, there, when you are anticipating something, you're living different. When you're anticipating something, you're talking different. You're acting different. You're expecting something. You're anticipating something. Oftentimes, we live below our realm of authority, and we're flying way below the radar as king's kids in this place because we're not expecting God to do anything. But if we are according to, if we are asking, and we are believing, and we are dreaming, and we are anticipating, God will show up with his more than. But we have to be anticipating something. We have to be believing for it. We have to know that if we touch the hem of his garment, we're going to be healed. We have to know those things. We have to anticipate them and believe for them. When you walk into a church on a Sunday morning, anticipating God's going to show up, God's going to do something so powerful, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. But oftentimes we enter in and we've been drained, we've been beat up, we're discouraged and we're broken. And our life is a wreck because we're living, we're trying 
trying to abide in a half-empty vessel. And it's not the way we are supposed to be living as king's kids. It doesn't mean that hardships and difficulties aren't coming your way and they're all around you, but they don't have to be in you. They don't have to reside in you. You are full of the Spirit of God. You are full of the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been given authority in the name of Jesus. None of those things. You heard pastors say this morning, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. But if you feed yourself with all that stuff, more than according to revelation, more than according to expectation. Can I, can I give you one more? More than according to desperation. Here's a, here's a multitude around Jesus. People that are crowding in. Lisa and I had the privilege of going, into, um, going to Israel a couple of years ago. And we have often thought, how could Jesus, with our sound system, speak to the multitudes? And we're standing there, and there is such a, next to the sea, there's such a natural amphitheater that in those hills, in, in the rocks, that you could have stood anywhere and talked, and you could stand down by the lake and hear the person. It was an amazing, the acoustics right there were amazing. And of course, the tour guides and stuff point that out, how we think that, how can the multitudes have heard Jesus? That was a natural theater right there where Jesus was, where his ministry was. And, and so this, the multitude now has, has crowded Jesus in. And, and hear me when I say that, that God is able to measure things. Okay? He's, he is able to measure how far the water can come to the land. He's able to measure the day from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. In the wilderness, if, for, for all of those years or 40 years, every day he measured out enough manna for the day. Come on, you've read, some of, some of you know the story. Every morning when they would come out of their tents in the wilderness, there would be enough manna for the day. Now, if they took more for the next day, when they woke up the next day, that more turned to worms. So God was intentionally giving enough for the day. So God, God is able to measure things, and these things don't get God, God get him off guard. But hey, pull, your, pull the bag out, would you? That you, Everyone was given a, a lunch bag when, when you came in. And just open it up if you don't mind. Yeah, you, got a, you got a lunch bag there. There's the, the multitude was crowding in as Jesus was teaching, and, and they're realizing now it's about lunchtime. But Jesus was in the middle of teaching and, and, and doing miracles. And it, this was a, an incredible moment. Jesus only had a little bit of time here to do the, the work that he needed to do to establish the beginnings of a, of a kingdom and a, a movement and working with disciples and so forth. He only had a short period of time. They didn't have time to take a lunch break. And if a million people left to go get lunch, they're not coming back. Come on, you know that. We took a 15-minute break right now. Most of you would go home. That's why we don't take a break in the middle of a message. But someone brought a lunch. 
And they were so desperate that someone stole the little boy's lunch and brought this little lunch to Jesus. And in, and in the bag, there was, a, there was a couple of fishes and, and five loaves, and that's all that was in the bag, and they brought that to Jesus. There was thousands of people there, and there was only one little bag of lunch. But some people get caught up in the loaves and fishes, and it's a wonderful story, and we've heard so many messages and teachings and so forth about loaves and fishes and what they meant, what they represented. I, I, just, uh, it, I just thought that it was interesting that someone counted out seven things in the bag. And, and perhaps if you know what the number seven means in Scripture, the number seven in Scripture means completion. So while the disciples saw loaves and fishes, Jesus saw completion. Come on, I wish you were here. So what you're holding right now, this lunch bag, you might only see for yourself loaves and fishes. But what God sees in your bag is completion. And somehow, Jesus took the bag of completion and fed the multitude. And there was such a blessing from the bag of completion that not only was the multitude fed, there were leftovers. So can I tell you that the more than, according to, the more than of what God can do is according to what you see in the bag. And as long as you see that little bit, God can't do the more than. But the moment you start seeing, wait a minute, I am complete in him. In my, in my bag, there's forgiveness. In my bag, there's grace. In my bag, come on, somebody. In my bag, I've been justified. In my bag, there's an anointing. Come on, help me for a moment. In my bag, there's a call. In, in my bag, come on. In my bag, my steps have been ordered. In my bag, he'll never leave me. In my bag, there's a authority in Jesus name in my bag it's a whatever you see in the bag but if you only see in the bag loaves and fishes God's not going to use you in the complete ministry that God has called you to do but out of your bag if you see that he has completed you if you see that he's completed you wait a minute you don't need any more blood for forgiveness you've been forgiven if you have the Holy Spirit, the power of God is resting upon your life. You haven't been given the J-E of Jesus. You've been given the J-E-S-U-S of Jesus. You're complete. He has done a work for you. He has delivered you. He has forgiven you. He's made a way for you. He's called you by name. He has anointed you. He has ordered your steps. He has opened doors that no man can shut. He has placed you where you are. And he has given you. He has completed you. And through you, through you, you can minister to the multitudes. But here's the question. Here's the question. Tap your neighbor and say, here's the question. Here's the question. The disciples took the boys' lunch. They saw loaves and fishes. And when they presented it to Jesus, here's the question. 
It's the question that you have to ask yourself as well. Here's the question. What is this amongst so many? What is this amongst so many? We can't fathom the needs that are around us. We would be overwhelmed. We would be overwhelmed if we just started testifying in this room of the issues that we're all facing. We would be overwhelmed. What is this? Who am I amongst so many? That's why, friends, we need revelation because we've given our lives to the one who is able. We've surrendered to the one who is able. And what he sees in you isn't loaves and fishes. What he sees in you is what he's done. Lisa and I love to just take our dream dates and we will, our, our life has been shaped by the dream dates that we will just jump in a car and money isn't an issue. Time isn't an issue. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to us? And we have to get the agreement up front because I get lost easy. And, but I let her say right or left when we come to a stop sign. It's just, we're just, we're, we're driving and dreaming. Just, just dreaming what God can do. Just believing and trusting. And it is amazing. It is amazing during those dream moments that we have of how the Holy Spirit just speaks to us. Just for, just for us. It's not, it's not for everybody, but God's doing something in us because we're just dreaming. Just dreaming. Just dreaming. Money wasn't the issue. If time wasn't an issue, what are you dreaming? If we've lost the dreaming, then what are we asking God for? He is able to do immeasurably more than what we can ask or even think or even dream. We've lost, the, we've lost our ability to dream. And because we've lost our ability to just dream, we're not giving God a chance to be the more than. Holy Spirit, would you come in this room and bring us revelation? Bring us revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, in this room, give us an anticipation. That's what faith is. Faith is anticipation. Faith is believing for the answer before the answer comes in the room. Faith is seeing God do it before he even gets it done. Anticipation. Lord, Lord, would you give us a desperate desire for you? Give us a desperation for you. Give us a desperation for you. Look, somewhere, somewhere, I'm believing this as sure as I'm standing here, somewhere, somewhere, an awakening is going to get started. Somewhere, it's not, it's not a leader, not that it will be leaderless, but, it, but it's not the, the emotional drive of a leader. It's one by one in the pews. It's one by one. 
people are starting to get their eyes open. Wait a minute. I have authority in the name of Jesus. In, in the Holy Spirit that is working in your overflow, you are walking into Walmart and someone gets healed. Come on. It, it just where you work, where God has divinely positioned you at this moment. When you, when you, if your focus is only on the loaves and fishes, if, if your focus is only on brokenness and discouragement and depression, then the enemy has you right where you are and you're living below the radar. You're living below what the blood of Jesus intended for your life. But one by one, eyes are going to be opened. Wait a minute. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been blessed. My life's been anointed. He has given me promises. He has fulfilled promises. He has answered prayer. He has healed my body. He's saved me. He's filled me. Come on. That bag, the bag is complete. The bag is complete. Stop seeing loaves and fishes. Seeing completion. When you see yourself as complete in Him, then doors are going to start opening. Prayers are going to start getting answered. Miracles are going to start. In. Come on, it's not the, the promise in Scripture for signs and wonders following those that believe. It doesn't say signs and wonders shall follow the pastor. Signs and wonders shall follow those that believe. That eyes will, eyes will be open to the authority you have in Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, bring revelation in this room. Some in this room are having revelation come to them right now. Like, like you haven't felt it before. Wait a minute. There is authority in the name of Jesus. This has no longer will it have a hold on me. This will no longer control me. My thoughts no longer are on loaves and fishes. My, when I look in the mirror, I'm going to see the completeness of what was done in Him and through Him for me the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring revelation. Yes, it's happening with some in this room, maybe happening at home right now. Holy Spirit, bring revelation in the name of Jesus to who you are in our lives and what you have done for us. Holy Spirit, right now, bring anticipation. I have been beat up. I have been so, there are so many issues going on right now. I'm getting discouraged. I'm getting, but, but Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, in this room, let us have an ear right now to hear that we are living in anticipation anticipation we have, we're being set up for the holy spirit to reveal himself we're being set up for the holy spirit to do something in our lives i refuse to see loaves and fishes come on are there others in this room i refuse to see loaves and fishes come on some of you are getting this i refuse to see loaves and fishes i refuse to see loaves and fishes come on in this room holy spirit bring revelation revelation bring anticipation bring expectation in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit bring a desperation I refuse to see loaves and fishes I refuse it I refuse it in my bag there is completion I'm going to live in completion because there's a multitude that needs me put your hand on a neighbor's shoulder would you some of you are standing stand up next to them and just put your hand on their shoulder around this room come on maybe behind you maybe behind you and let the holy spirit right now speak through you just speak blessing and speak favor in the name of jesus across this room lord hear our hearts hear our prayers in jesus name we refuse to live in brokenness we refuse to live to live in depression and, and discouragement we refuse we are children of the king of kings and the lord of lords god is god is god is god is able to do immeasurably more 
immeasurably more. God's more than is according to. God's more than is according to. Right now, let the Holy Spirit work on the according to in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit in this room, work on the according to. Work on the according to. That there will be no hindrance to the anointing. That there will be no hindrance to the overflow. That there will be no hindrance, God, to what you want to do. Lord, in this room right now, in this church right now, with this people right now, God, open eyes to see the authority that we have in you. Open ears to hear your spirit as you speak into us day by day by day by day. God, I pray that you'd open up our minds to hear, to believe that it is more than enough. More than enough. It's who we are. It's the way we live. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's a lot of prayer happening right now in this room. And I'm going to ask the worship team just to lead us, lead us in a song. And I, I wonder if you, if you could just take five minutes and just pray one for another. Turn this, turn this room right now into a prayer room. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And what we are praying for right now is the according to. That in this room, eyes are going to be opened in the name of Jesus. I, I'm talking in the spiritual realm. Eyes are going to be opened in the name of Jesus. And, and you're no longer going to see the bag with loaves and fishes. You're going to see what's complete. What's complete. You're going to start dreaming for things. And God's going to show up and do things even bigger than you can ask or imagine or think or dream. God's going to show up. God's going to show up. Ready? In your situation God's gonna show up but but right now open our eyes Holy Spirit open up our eyes open up our eyes in this room open up our eyes in this room perhaps this, perhaps this is the start of an awakening in this Frederick area in the name of Jesus where you are where you are opening the eyes of your body of your believers to see what it is that you have saved them for in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Hallelujah. I feel like the Lord is wants to go a little deeper here with us today. Some of you are on the verge. I don't think you understand the power of dreaming with God. But this scripture that Frank shared on in Ephesians um, chapter 3, verse 20, the Passion Translation, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream he will accomplish. He'll exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power that constantly dwells in you and energizes you. There was a scripture, an adage, you know how it'll give you sometimes a commentary. And it took me to 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 13, where King Solomon and of his riches the queen of sheba came to visit him and the scripture says that he gave the queen of sheba all her heart's desire everything she asked for on top of what he had already given her some of you are sitting in this room today and you're thinking but i've already received the baptism of the holy spirit i already walk in faith i already do these things i'm already blessed i'm already this but God is saying today that in order for an awakening to come in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of work, 
who he wants to give us generously even an overflow of what he has already given to us. We've got to be filled and filled and filled in order to walk in the dark places. Some of you haven't dreamed for years and I feel a call on my heart for anyone in this house that is 30 and under to come forward. If you're 30 years and under, could you make your way to the altar? I think as a 58-year-old older generation, it's hard for me to dream, but your hearts are pliable. Your hearts are young. And these are, come on, these are the dreamers in the house. God wants to bestow on you today more than God has already generously given to you. And He is planting in you dreams and imaginations that your heart won't even contain. So just put your hands up like you're receiving an offering today because I'm telling you, do you believe me? The Spirit of God is here in the house today. The Spirit of God is in the house today. And He wants to bestow on you your dreams. You might think that's silly to do that. Or that goes against the way God has made me. Or my parents discourage me. Or my friends say that that's silly. But I'm saying God is calling you to be the pliable dreamers in the house. So Lord, we thank you today for these sons and daughters in the house. We pray today for everyone that is standing at this altar, for every 30 and under in the house today, God, that you would give them more than they could ever imagine, that they would be able to steer this awakening that comes, God, that in simple faith, they don't question, they don't think about it, they just act and they do, God. Put healing in their hands, put faith in their hands, put victory in their hands. Lord, let them open their mouths in the schools, in the stores, and let awakening happen, God. The Spirit of God that, that raised you from the dead, Lord, dwells in them. And we thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, I wasn't a natural dreamer. I married a dreamer, but I wasn't, it's not natural for me to dream. But God really convicted me. I felt like I had to be the one that stabilized everything, right? How can we get in the car and talk about these things because money does matter, right? Money does matter. You know, what if I go with you on this dream? Are we going to lose it all? And the Lord convicted me and said, dreaming is an act of faith. And if you don't speak it out and you don't talk about what you're thinking God can do in the dreams and that he's bigger than you could even ask or imagine, how will he accomplish it? So maybe you're in this house today before I turn it over to Pastor Benny. One last thing. Maybe you've had a dream and it's been crushed or it's a dream that's been in your heart. Would you make a step of faith today so this prayer team can pray for you? Will you come forward and say, I'm not going to let that dream die? If you're in the house, just step forward in faith. You've got a dream. There's someone in the house. You've got a dream. And the enemy's trying to tell you it's too big, you're too old.
you have a dream. Come on forward. Oh, here she comes. You're not too old. You're not too old. You're not too old. The anointing of God. Let's just stretch our hand toward our sister here today. God, we thank you for those in this house who are dreaming with you, Lord. Those who are stretching out by faith, God, and saying, Lord, you can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Let it be so in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus, Jesus. Joel says it. Acts 2 says it. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The old men will dream dreams. The young men will see visions. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. I don't believe that the intention is for us to put age categories on that. But the chronology is the dream. Then the vision. And then the prophecy as you speak into it. If we struggle with the dream, we're never going to see it, and no one's going to speak into it. So we can't struggle with the dream. God gives you a dream, see it, and as you see it, start speaking it. This is what the, this is what God showed me. This is what I believe God has saved me to do. This is what God has called me to do. Someone's got to start speaking into it. We have, we have generationally said, where are the sons and daughters that are going to prophesy? Might I ask, where is the dreamers? Where are the dreamers? Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Because the more you dream, then the Holy Spirit gives you a picture, revelation, vision. And then when you start seeing it, you start speaking into it. go back to the beginning. Would you lift a hand towards heaven and just start speaking the name of Jesus again? I just speak the name of Jesus over every dream. I speak the name of Jesus over every dreamer. I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over every life. I speak the name of Jesus over every family. I speak the name of Jesus over every situation. I speak the name of Jesus over finances. I speak the name of Jesus over revelation. I speak the name of Jesus over anticipation and expectation. I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over hunger and thirst. I speak the name of Jesus over desire. I speak the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, Lord, let an awakening be stirring right now in this house. Let an awakening be stirring in the name of Jesus. Something that can't be contained in words like revival. But Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm speaking that. I'm speaking that. I'm speaking that in the name of Jesus. More than a dream. More than visions. I'm speaking it. I'm speaking into it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every dreamer, every vision, sons and daughters, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in 